Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Welcome to Morning Shot. Ahmad and Audrey here with you. Steep price cuts and bargain hunts are becoming the new norm in China. And that's because the world's second largest economy is grappling with deflation woes. Yes, pork prices, for example, have crashed to multi-year lows. And it's not just pork that's under pressure. In some provinces, farmers are forced to let fresh vegetables rot in their fields as demand wanes. That's right. Analysts say that China's middle class does not dare to spend right now. And Chinese authorities have been under pressure to step up stimulus or risk the economy falling in into a downward spiral. For more insights, we're joined by Dan Wang, Chief Economist at Hang Seng Bank China. Dan, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. All right. You're very, very welcome. Let's kick things off here uh, by talking about Chinese consumers. It looks like they're afraid to spend on big ticket items at this point in time. What's going to happen to the economy if consumers and companies hold off purchases or investments uh, in anticipation of prices dropping even further? Unfortunately, China now looks more and more like uh, it's getting into stagnation. Uh, It's certainly bad for companies because for most of them, they would only produce more when they see the prices are going up. And for the durable goods consumption, people are quite pessimistic about a short-term economic outlook. So it's a bit counterintuitive, but only on a micro level, when something's cheaper, then people will buy more. On the macro level... For things like decoration materials or cars uh, or air cons, people would only buy it when the prices are going up. So this downward spiral probably will last for a while uh, since the prices for most durable goods are still going down. So, Dan, you talked about stagnation there. Earlier, we touched on the drop in pork prices. So can you shed light on how China's food sector influences consumer prices and vice versa? Are folks still opting uh, for dining out? Well, uh, China's inflation is mostly fluctuating around food prices. Mm. It has a lot to do with how the prices and the baskets are organized and designed in the first place. About 30% of the CPI volatility is coming from food, within which pork is the biggest item. So it looks like that people are still dining out, but definitely they're spending less on food and the general restaurant expenditure. It is quite a sharp contrast when we look at how people spend when they are outside now. Because from the micro level, a lot of things are reflected on a macro level. Many of the changes post-COVID are looking like they're going to be permanent. We always talk about how 21 days will form a new habit. Just think about how long China's lockdown is. And especially the Shanghai lockdown, that draconian uh, lockdown lasted for more than two months. So a lot of the new habits form places. And for many of my friends, including uh, my relatives, they are clearly spending less outside. And people are cutting down their spending, not just in restaurants, but also in tourism and transportation in general. Okay, Dan, let's stick with the lower consumption levels, but let's put deflation to one side for the time being. We have a couple of other issues at play here. One is youth unemployment, uh, and the other is lower levels of income. So are the reduced consumption levels that we're seeing driven by these factors as well? And the current government policies that are in place, are they sufficient to get rid of these problems? 
The government policies are certainly not sufficient, and to a certain extent, I think it's intentional because clearly there is a shift in the policy priority when it comes to a stimulus plan. Uh, before COVID, it was mostly about consumer market and services sector, but now the economic security has been the number one priority. A lot of the resources are redirected into the heavy industry, into the high tech manufacturing, and all those things happen because the government really lacked a sense of security. And they want to fend off the threat from the U.S. when it comes to the transformative technology. So the government policies are really focusing on the long term, and that's of course at the cost of short-term growth in income and job creation. So, Dan, you talk about government policy being insufficient to fix these issues. Some analysts suggest that reviving consumer sentiment requires creating a quote positive cycle in the economy. Are you able to break this down? What this means in the Chinese context? Um, there are several layers when we talk about consumer confidence, because on the one hand, clearly people are less optimistic about future, and that's why they're so conservative when it comes to how much to spend and whether they want to travel or dine out uh, outside. But at the same time, we have to notice that when the goods prices are so low, people are more or less content uh, about their daily lives. And when we look at the varieties and、um, the prices of goods that people can get, it's actually、uh, much better than a lot of the developed countries. So there's no inflation problem in China, and that's one reason why a lot of people are content、mm-hmm. with the current situation, and they don't expect、uh, that the income decline for many of the industries to last. So the pessimism and optimism、uh, are existing at the same time,、um, but the housing sector is the main drag. As long as the housing prices are still going down,、mm. it's really hard to restore the consumer confidence. Switching gears here for a minute,、uh, when China emerged from pandemic restrictions that you alluded to earlier, we saw a huge rise in domestic revenge travel. But that fervor has now receded、uh, and has pushed down airfares as a result. What kind of impact is this going to have on the overall economy?、Uh, given that December is typically a time when many would return to their hometowns or take the chance to travel. Uh, consumption essentially is a function of income,、uh, especially when it comes to tourism for leisure. Ten years ago, when we look at、uh, how much people spend given a certain amount of income, it was about seventy-two dollars consumption if people earn a hundred dollar extra money in their income. But now it's only sixty-two dollars out of a hundred dollars extra income. So the decline is quite significant. And throughout this year, there was further decline when it comes to、uh, the average spending in、uh, tourism, especially domestic tourism. The international traveling still、uh, is quite strong when people decide to travel. They still spend nearly as much as the pre-COVID level. So, if there is a way that people's income are going up. Uh, then of course they will spend more, but right now it just seems that、uh, the stagnant income growth will also last for a while, and that's not good 
for the spending on tourism. So following your point on international travel, Dan, let's look at this uh, on a more global scale. So far, our discussion has focused a lot on China's domestic economic scene. So let's look beyond its borders now. Uh, do we see any signs of these changes affecting the broader region? Well, the purpose for tourism, uh, especially international tourism, uh, is shifting to a new normal. Um, previously, it was mostly about consumers spending money overseas, about shopping, and almost every developed country, uh, especially in Europe, they remember how much Chinese consumers love to spend. But now, the portion of people uh, spending on shopping overseas is declining. A lot more people are traveling internationally to seek new business opportunities, uh, to seek more education opportunities, especially for their young children. So the splurge, the incentive to splurge has gone down, but the momentum to find new markets and to uh, build up a better future for their family has gone up. And that is quite a, a shift in how people think about the future of China and the future of overseas market. And this has also caused this diversification of investment away from China because people know that in the next year or two, China's economic policy probably won't change that much. And that means domestic market potential is still underdeveloped. It's hard to be reversed if there's no substantial stimulus. So they have to kind of relocate some of their production lines away from China, mostly in Asia, to seek for more opportunities, growth opportunities in places like Singapore, Indonesia or Malaysia. And that, I'm afraid, is probably um, the new incentive for people to travel abroad. And a lot of the expenditure won't happen within the border of China. All right, Dan, thank you so much. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on the show this morning. Thank you. It's my right. pleasure. That was Dan Wang, chief economist at Hang Seng Bank China, talking about the country's deflationary woes, uh, its impact on spending patterns, both at the micro and macro levels, uh, what that's done for the economy and whether government stimulus measures are enough to nip these in the bud. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.